This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to Rams Talk. My name is Jamie and I'm joined by three fantastic guests this evening. And well, we've got an away win to talk about. We all wanted an away goal, but we got two and we also got the three points as well. Cambridge United nil, Derby County two, two goals either side of halftime from our number nine, James Collins. So joining me tonight is firstly, Ben Booth. How are you doing, Ben? Yeah, good. It's been a while. It has been a while. Good to, good to have you back. Also joined by Chris Redwood. Chris, how's things? Hello, mate. Good, mate. Thanks, yourself. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm positive. I'm positive. So hopefully that can uh, that can come out today. And also, Vixing, thanks for coming on again, mate. Good to see you on Saturday as well, putting a, a face to a name. Yeah, it's nice to meet you as well, and a uh, nice little three points. Should we say? Should we say it's your uh, your derby this time? <laughs> yeah, it is my derby. It really is. Yeah, it was quite strange traveling 15 minutes to a an away game. Big question, big question though, Vic. Did you get a parking ticket? I escaped. You escaped it. Yeah, I was a little bit worried where you said you parked. We won't, um, we won't give away the uh, details just in case you want to park there next season. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> but yeah, guys, let's let's get into it. Obviously, um, a great. Well, in terms of the the, the win, um, it's a great win. We're going to talk about the performance um, now. Um, Ben, I'll, I'll come to you first. Our first glimpse of worn ball. What did you think? It was all right. Seemed seemed more positive. So I'm going to open it up. First of all, I'm just going to be honest and say I wasn't at the Cambridge game. I watched the highlights and the highlights. It looked more positive from this flow of football. I've been to a few games this season, so I'm excited to see more of what he can bring to our team. But it looked good and it's positive. And him as a manager is positive. Definitely. And and Vic, obviously you were at the game. What is the main difference between Paul Warren's Derby County and Liam Rossini's Derby County, in, in your opinion? I know it's only one game, but is there anything that you can see quite quickly? Yeah, I was going to say there's quite a big difference in, in the sense of like we're getting the ball forward quicker. There's more urgency, there's more tempo. Uh, none of the slow build-up, literally straight to the point and that's pretty much how we got our goals anyway, was 
literally a gamble from the first with Collins. It was literally just chasing the defender down. And it's something probably we haven't done much of this season just because we like to walk the ball into the net under Liam. But under Paul, it was literally to the point, press as high as you can, chase every last ball. And, well, Collins got his first goal from that. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot more direct, a lot more enthusiasm, a lot more sort of passion. Just didn't give up on it. Yeah, definitely. No, I have to have to agree with that. And yeah, like you said there, I mean, we've been waiting for James Collins. Obviously, we, we got the goal um, against Plymouth, but we have been waiting for a complete James Collins performance, the one that we've all kind of heard about from, from other fans at, at this particular level. Um, how impressed were you, Chris, with, with James Collins? Oh, hugely, but I have been all season. Um, I think um, I think I mentioned about the Oxford game. He was giving the defenders absolute nightmares and he didn't score. I know it took him a long time to get off the mark, um, but that work rate was always going to pay dividends. Um, I think now he's in a... Now he's got a manager, I think, who realises what his what, what his strengths are. Um, and, yeah, just, I think, this, this, the... The, the simple football that Warren plays, I say, I say simple, it's good football at times, but it's simple, it's get the ball to him um, and he will score goals. Um, and yeah, I think that will be first of, well, first two of many away goals for him. Um, and I think Warren's style of play will suit him perfectly. Just what we need. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, I saw a complete different James Collins, I think, in the previous games, he almost looked like he didn't have any confidence, which is so weird to say about a striker so prolific at this level and has got the you know the goals that that he has. But on Saturday, he just gave I mean probably their whole back four just nightmares. Um, not just with you know with the goals, but with his movement, with his physicality, and yeah, I mean long long may it continue. And I think like you say there, he's he's probably Paul Warren's uh, you know dream guy really um there ben you wanted to make a point on yeah see on james said, collins you said a second ago about he's a different player mm. um obviously rossini was here with rooney and maybe some of the players um maybe aren't he doesn't have the experience uh rossini maybe doesn't have the experience and management to get the best out of the the best out of the players and i, I was watching warns uh press conference Along with um, the Foden, you know, you you met him. We haven't said this on the podcast yet, but you met him <laughs> at the the weekend and and um, how he spoke to you at the weekend. Like I think that maybe he seems to have a, ch- um, a management quality in him that might get the best out of our players. And maybe Rooney and Rosinha didn't have that, so maybe having a manager like Paul Warren in might push those players a little bit to get out of a tough league. Um, I'm quite excited to see where we go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like you said there, I, I did have the um the opportunity to to meet Paul Warren and uh yeah he's exactly like he um he is on on interviews and, and on the camera which was uh, which was pleasant to see. Chris um, yeah to what to say as well that's the first time we've seen him up front with someone else. Yeah, um, I think that was I think that was hugely important because you know not not playing not 
trying to read his mind or anything, but being that lone, that lone striker, you've got a lot of responsibility. Um, and perhaps having that person next to him doing something slightly different, um, I think really helped him maybe freed him up a bit to do what to do what he's good at. So I think that second striker will be will will be the way forward, and I think that will be the best we see of Collins. Yeah, and I think there's there's pros and cons about this three five two, and we'll talk about it later about Mendes Lang and Barkos and playing wing backs. But like you say there, we have got players that can play alongside James Collins, and they're all pretty different. I think you've got Lewis Dobbin, who's obviously got the the pace and can kind of get in behind. Um, you've also got McGoldrick, who can kind of link play and just massively technical and, and a really good kind of technical player and, and, and knows what he's knows what he's doing and, and where to kind of be. And then also a player that we saw come off the bench on Saturday. I'm not going to do the tune. I'm not going to do the chant because um, probably, I'll probably get it wrong. It's quite a catchy one though. But uh, Asula came on and I thought he looked incredible. Um, Vic, what, what did you think about Asula? Oh, he looks the business, doesn't he? He's uh, very, very surprisingly powerful. Uh, the way he holds the ball up, he's got a quick feet. He's quite nimble as well. And I think he's probably, um, if if we were to say a backup striker to Collins, I'd say he's probably the perfect person to do it. Um, just because of, one, he's got the height, he's got the strength. Um, he's very good with the ball at his feet. Um, but it, even chasing the ball down, he was, he, he's quite surprisingly quick for someone his height as well. So, um, yeah, I was really impressed. I was impressed with him when we seen him prior to Cambridge as well. I thought, we've got, yeah. a, got a player here. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how many goals he scores as well. Might have to start a, an Asula hype train as well. <laughs> Definitely. Well, your hype trains are working. You had the, you had the Collins hype train that, uh, that eventually kind of left the station. Annoyingly, I, I bet every week, I think till, till last week on Collins to get a goal and then two goals. And obviously, the week that I don't bet him, he goes and he goes and bags twice. But I, I, I won't be putting a bet on next week. So there's that. Um, coming back to to you, Chris, uh, we got so our, our friends at uh, Ramelis. So it's uh, at the Ramelist on on Twitter. Um, go go check out um, them. They they do some really good stuff with regards to Derby. But uh, they provided some interesting stats on James Chester. Now, at the beginning of the season, in, in pre-season, I, I kind of looked at Chester and thought, I don't know how he gets into this team. He didn't look all that sharp. I know he'd not played an awful amount of football, but he's played two games. His average rating is better. I mean, we can, we can concede that, that that happens. Obviously, we've, um, we've just come off the back of a whim. But then in terms of aerial duels, and tackles, interceptions... Um, I mean, majority of them are, are kind of in line with uh, the other players, but like Ariel's one, he's won um, seven aerials compared to Aaron Cashin's 5.8 and compared to um, Curtis Davis's six. So, you know, putting up numbers like that after just two games is, is pretty impressive. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it's easy to forget that um, he was a Premier League player not so long ago. Um you know, I think given time in the squads, um, and as long as he keeps his keeps his fitness going, um, he's too good for League One. Um, but I think in terms of 
the way Warren looks like he's going in terms of the back three. Um, him at the heart of it, on the right or left, whatever. Um, he's going to be a huge asset to us. And the experience he's got, he's got out of leagues. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think he's played in League One before. If he has, it's been a long time since he has. Um, but he's he's the sort of he's the sort of centre back we need to get out of this of this league. And yeah, I mean that's that about winning headers. Um God, we we really need that. I mean, our defensive record at set pieces the last few years has been shocking. Mm. So someone like him coming in, um, and yeah, getting his head on everything and the experience alongside obviously the inexperienced cashing and um, Curtis, I think, will be invaluable for us. Definitely, and uh, I mean, to be honest with you, that that back three headed everything on on Saturday. I don't think, um, you know, I think maybe Ironside won one or two headers, but every time the ball was going up, he was almost conceding that he wasn't going to win anything in the air. So we did look pretty dominant there, and I think that three is a really good foundation to um, to kind of build on. So. Long may that form continue and, and hopefully we can keep more, more clean sheets. Now, Vic, we, I put out a, a question on Twitter um, before the, the pod this evening. Um, and I actually want to put your question to you. You asked about solving the dilemma with Hurahan and Bird playing together. So you obviously think there's a, a bit of a dilemma. I tend to agree. But how do you fix it? Slap Jason Knight in the middle. <laughs> that was all he had to do. But literally between the three of them, you can see that Jason Knight's got that Bryson-esque sort of engine. So he's going to keep running up and down, chasing plays. He's like a pit bull in midfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably what we've needed, which allows probably Horahan to move a bit more forward. Which, yeah. we, To be fair, Horahan covered a lot of ground on Saturday. I thought he was probably one of those players that his performance went unnoticed because mm-hmm. I thought he was literally defending when he needed to, but he was also at the other side. Uh, when he needed to be as well. So I, for someone at his age, I mean, we was all questioning whether he's got the fitness or not. Yeah. I think he's still got it. But I think with Knight in the middle, Bird obviously uh, dictating play. Uh, obviously, he'll sit in front of the back four. He can spring it here and there. That'll probably allow Horahan to move more forward because you've got that safety net in Jason Knight because you know he'll probably track back where Horahan probably couldn't yeah. if need be in the later stages of the game. Um I think that's probably solved the dilemma. It's like it's almost a bit like when we played um, the midfield three with McLaren. So we had like Thorne and then we had Bryson and Hendrick. It's a bit similar to that. Uh, yeah. It's a changeable sort of midfield three, which has suited us. And obviously we've got the wingbacks uh, in this system as well. But I think, yeah, I think that's probably solved for now, that dilemma. Um, and long may that continue. Yeah, we'll have to see how it goes, won't we? And obviously we've got um, Corey Smith to, to come back in, who I imagine Paul Warren will be very keen on. Um, I actually also met uh, David Klaus on, on Saturday as well. And, and one thing that, that David said was how impressed Paul Warren was with every single player. And I know that kind of came across in um, interviews that, that Paul's done, but you could just see in David's face how much he kind of meant it. So um, I think he's come in with a really good, talented bunch of players. And, and so far, I know it's only been one game, but he's got he's got a tune out of them so far. So let's see what what happens in the in the coming games. Ben, we saw Barkhusen and Mendez Lang in wing back positions. Both have come out previously and said 
it's not really something that they enjoy doing. I think my opinion was we haven't really seen too much in the way of, of kind of goal scoring from, from Barkhusen, but we have from Mendes Lang and I felt he was a little bit wasted out there. Do you see him long-term being in that kind of white right wing-back position? Who's that? Lang or Barkhusen? Mendes Lang. Um, maybe, maybe not. Maybe we'll swap him around. That's a hard question to answer. Um, you put me on the spot there. So, <laughs> that's what that's what I we do. Someone else. That's what we do. Vic, what do you think? I was going to say with with Mendes Lang, he did struggle. I think on Saturday, if it was probably one negative from the performance, it was that yeah, he doesn't. You can tell he doesn't like to track back. Um, it's sort of being forced upon him. I don't think long term that might be the solution for him, but we'll see. Uh, you never know, he might develop his game. He is a professional after all. Yeah. It might take away his goal scoring ability, which is my only concern. Um, because I think he's probably what second top goal scorer or joint top goal scorer at the minute. Um, but yeah, he didn't look comfortable, but he might grow into that role. And then obviously, we've got Quake who, who can well, we'll probably see Quake who play tomorrow against Mansfield, see if he can fit into that role. Yeah, uh, Mendes Lang, I think. It's going to take him a while, especially if he doesn't like the defensive side of the game. It's going to take him a while to sort of adapt to that. Yeah, I mean, he was picking the ball up kind of, you know, 10, 15, 20 yards deeper. And, you know, when he got it in those forward areas, he wanted to take players on. But um, unfortunately, he was almost getting to a point where he was having to kind of turn back. And, and that's not his game. And I think he did struggle on a few occasions, lost the, the possession. But it'll take some some getting used to. Like you say there, he's a professional um, he's a team player, so he'll know what what's kind of right for the team. But but then again, maybe we'll see him in a in you know through the middle in a, in a forward position. But I agree. I think that's the only negative that I came away from the game, kind of thinking that potentially he's a he's a little bit wasted there. Cool. Well, we'll we'll move on. Um, obviously, we've got Mansfield tomorrow in the Papa John's Trophy. Um, a competition that Paul Warner's won, so I imagine he'll want to he'll want to win it again. Um, obviously, there is a requirement of certain players being in that team, but there obviously will be some some changes. Chris, who would you like to see start tomorrow? Um, well, I think the obvious change would be Loaching goal again, give him some more game time. Um, um, for me, yeah, it's you know it's probably not our priority this season, um, but it is about keeping that winning momentum. I think Curtis will be rested. I think Mendes Lang will be rested. Um, but it is a good chance for those fringe players. Um, so yeah, I, I really hope Liam Thompson starts. Um, obviously, he was. He'd be played a lot towards the end of last season. I thought was really, really good, really, really positive. So I'm sure he will get a start. Um, I'd keep Knight in there. Um, honestly, I think just give him some game time. Um, and we mentioned him earlier, a Suller up front. I think next to um, Collins, that will be my starting front front two. So. Not too many changes because we aren't allowed to. Um, but I think we'll keep the momentum going. Fingers crossed and get a, get another one over Nigel Clough. Definitely. Ben, is there anyone that, that you'd like to see? 
Um, put me on the spot again. Oh, um, <laughs> I know. I think I'm quite liking this team at the moment. Actually, it seems like a nice team. That Jake Rooney looks interesting. Yeah, uh, I've been playing as a Monfifa as well, and he's quite good. <laughs> so yeah, um, very professional here on Rams Talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's obviously played in in previous kind of games and and has looked really good. Um, you know, we we don't know. Maybe under a senior, he could have he kind of could have kind of broken the, the the first team. But he's obviously on the he's obviously on the books. He's obviously there. He's obviously trained every day. So another player that we might get to to see tomorrow. And I think that's the that's the great thing about having this competition is that you do get to see those kind of players. And I think it's really valuable for the, the coaching setup because with a team like us and I think you know it's amazing to say it now we actually do have quite a lot of depth in in our team it'd be uh, nice to have a cup run on that actually oh Don't yeah know. well a, a Wembley a Wembley trip's a Wembley trip isn't it Re- regardless of of why you're there so yeah we'll, we'll see what they go with tomorrow but um yeah like Chris says a, a win over Nigel Nigel Clough would be a would be a, a good one um moving on to Port Vale on on Saturday has to be I mean there's been a few I know a couple of people have come on the pod and said look we need to put five six past somebody if ever there was a time to do that Port Vale on Saturday Vic what are you thinking I don't by the way I don't want to underestimate Port Vale but I just feel like someone is is going to be on the end of, of of a you know a thrashing soon enough I agree I just don't think it'll be against Port Vale I think Port Vale they're quite a, a resilient team. Mm. They're going to sit back behind the ball. Um, we'll probably see us obviously try and be more direct at home. It'd be interesting to see how Warren sets up at home. Um, mm-hmm. See if it might be any different to the way we set up at Cambridge. I think it'll be tough because we know what Port Vale are like. They're quite, uh, they're quite strong in their formation. They're very compact, which might uh, squeeze our midfield. Then again, it could free up the uh, the wing backs to play their game. I think we'll win, um, but I think it's just going to be like a like a, a two one, um, just because I think it's the home, first home game. Um, obviously, the pressure's slightly off now. We've got our first away win, uh, but um, it'll be interesting times ahead. I just don't think we'll thrash Port Vale, and probably hopefully we can thrash someone like Ipswich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it away, but we'll we'll keep picking the points up. But um, I think Saturday will be tough, but I think we'll win. And you're normally pretty bang on with your uh, predictions. So yeah, if you're uh, if you're betting on it, you've got a, you've got a back thick on on that one. I think yeah. I mean, to do it against Ipswich away would be pretty special on a Friday night in front of the the cameras. And I'm also going to that game. It's another local one for me. So um, yeah, that would be that would be pretty amazing. Why do they give us Ipswich on Friday night? Like, see, while well, we're on a poker, they give us some some real like Plymouth, and we were playing Plymouth on a Tuesday night as well. Like, whose decision is that? Someone, someone that, uh, yeah, maybe is a Forest fan. Maybe I don't, I don't know, but uh, yeah, that's that's true. We've we have got some, you know. I do feel sorry for fans. You know, Friday night, Tuesday, Tuesday nights that have to have a day off work and, and kind of come down. But then again, I mean, it means that I can actually get to an away game, which is, right. which is always, which is always good. So yeah, I, went to I, see I don't it. mind that. I went to the England game on Monday night. I got home at quarter to three. Uh, and that, yeah, was, it, fun, was that worth it? 
What, the get the England game? Yeah, it was great fun. <laughs> I can hunt if anyone's listening to it and has never been to an England game, it's cheap, it's fun. There's a direct bus from Derby that'll get you there, get you back. Yeah, I can hardly recommend it. And I'll talk about it all day because that, that was a good game of football. Reach out to Ben, who <laughs> likes England as well as Derby on, on Twitter. Lions talk. <laughs> Lions talk. Yeah, perfect. Um, so, yeah, obviously talking talking about Port Vale. Chris, do you agree with, with Vic? Do you think it's going to be a bit more of a, a tighter game, but potentially a, a win? Yeah, I completely agree with it. At the end of the day, teams like Port Vale come into Pride Park without sounding big-headed as a Derby fan. Um, it's a huge, huge game for them. They're going to have a packed out away end. Um, and I think unless we score a couple of goals early and silence the fans and get the, get the players' heads down, um, I think it's going to be another scrappy League One fight. Um, I do think we'll win. I'm... Again, he's stolen, it's stolen. Um, be Thunder there, 2-1 is exactly what I think it is going to be. Um, but hopefully I'm proved wrong. Say if we can get a couple of goals early um, and, our, and our quality shines shines through, you know, we'd be no, we owe someone the right thrashing, a 5-6-7. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully it's a Port Vale, but I'd rather save that for the likes of Sheffield Wednesday, Pompey, Ipswich, myself. Yeah, definitely. No, I agree. And Ben, we've got two two ones. What are you thinking Saturday score prediction? Um, yeah, could be. I think we can win that. Depending on how we do against Mansfield, who we play against Mansfield tomorrow, um, I think we could beat Port Vale pretty easily, three four nil maybe. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Actually, I'm going to go three nil to Derby. Another clean sheet. Another couple of goals for James Collins and then potentially one from Mendez Lang as well. A 50-yard run, picks the ball up in his own half, dribbles round all of their team and puts it in the top corner. Love to see that. That's really cool. Um, awesome. Well, we're at well, we're towards the end of the show. It's been absolutely brilliant speaking with you guys. It's it's uh, gone past pretty quickly. Um, Chris came on to the the call tonight with an idea that we're going to end on. Um, and I'm going to come to Chris first for it. Um, I want your overachiever so far and your underachiever so far that you've seen this season. Okay. So I think overachiever for me, given that he's been played out of position for the first nine games of the season, has been Jason Knight. Um, I think he's been outstanding my player of the season season so far is one of those that has been around the, the squad for the first team squad for quite for, for, for quite a few years now. Um, and to fill in as well as he did um, was brilliant. But to see him back in that, um, as Vic mentioned, Craig Bryson role um, was fantastic. Um, for me, there are probably two, two underachievers in my head, but I'm going to go with, with Hurahan. Um, I think Barkhausen isn't far off, but for who for Huran, I think we haven't seen that quality yet. We've seen a couple of glimpses. I think um, that goal against Oxford, for me, is the best we've seen him so far. Um, and that was the first game of the season nearly two months ago, or over two months ago, sorry. So I think we need more from him, but maybe with that midfield three now, with Knight and Bird, 
he'll be a little bit um, freer to do his thing. But um, we really need, need to see more from, from him. Yeah, that's fair enough. Vic, same question to you. Uh, I agree with Chris about Jason Knight being the overachiever, but I'm just going to go slightly different. I'm going to say Mendes Lang, just purely because we'd heard he's a maverick, he's this and that. But he seemed to have found his home at Derby, um, especially early on in the season. He's got his goals to back that up. And it's nice just to see an actual out-and-out winger take his player on, put the ball into the box and actually score a few goals. So I'll go with Mendes Lang for the overachiever. For the underachiever, I'm going to have to say Max Bird, um, probably because I expect a bit more from him with his game. Again, it could be due to the the system that he was playing in. I just thought that in, in the earlier stages of the games that we've played so far, he's sort of drifted out of the game completely. And sometimes you forget he's even he was even on the pitch prior to Cambridge. Of course, I think Paul Warren will sort that out and fix that. But for me, I just want to see a bit more from Max Bird. Yeah, definitely. And Ben? Was that I've, given you, I've, give, I've given you loads of time to think because I asked the, the other two first. So. Did you say underachiever? Overachiever and underachiever. Overachiever. That's, I don't know. Underachiever. Um, probably James Collins. He hasn't been as good as he could be. I think he's going to get better now. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think before uh, Saturday, I probably would have said Collins. Um, just because I think he just needed more goals. I don't doubt his his work rate and what he's offered so far, but a striker is always judged on their goals. I'd have to say, (laughs) I'd have to say, um, underachiever, Barkhusen for me. Um, And I would agree with Vic and say that Mendes Lang is my overachiever. I think what you've said there is bang on. He came with a bit of a, a reputation. Um, but as we've seen on so many occasions, Tom Ince, Jordan Ibe, you know, these players come to, to Derby, um, people doubt them, and then they go and they go and have, you know, one or two seasons that are, are absolutely amazing. So, yeah, I think Derby can be a home for a player. Players can feel comfortable here. And, you know, when you get them on that, that pitch with, with 1,000 or, you know, 32,000 fans behind you, um, they, you know, they do some, some really good performances. So, yeah, I agree with you on on that one, Vic. Well, that uh, concludes the evening. Ben, you Sorry, I was about to, add to, that. to say something. <clears throat> yeah, but I was about to add to that. The thing with Derby is it's quite interesting. Like you said, it can work and it, it can work. It can either work or it can go really wrong. And that's the interesting yeah. thing about Derby is that you can, you can come along out of nowhere like Bryson did and become one of the legendary players at Derby County. And we've had that multiple times with other players as well, where they've come in fairly un- unknown and cracked on and had a really successful time and stayed here for years. Like Fozzie, like other players like that, they've been here 10 years, nine years, eight years. And they love the fans. They feel like they're part of us. Keo's another one. He sits in the stands. But then sometimes you get players who come, they really struggle here. They struggle with the fans. They struggle with the team. And then they move on. And I think Tom Ince and Jordan and I were both two players who did struggle here and didn't find a place here. So it would be good to get another kind of Bryson or another. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind just, you know, in this season where we need to get back, I think Tom Ince and Jordan I have had, as, as Vic was saying, in terms of, you know, out and out wingers, just raw 
players that have come in with a you know reputation. I know obviously that they may have left on you know left under a cloud, but for a season or two they were they were pretty you know unbelievable. So yeah, I'm not going to um, I'm not going to put Mendes Lang in any any bracket at the moment. I think he's in his own. I think he's um, he's doing a really good job. So long that long may that continue. Well, guys, if you've got this far, thanks so much for for listening. Um, to our guests today, Ben Booth, Vic Singh, Chris Redwood. Thanks so much for, for coming on. I'm sure we'll, we'll see you all again. If you did enjoy the episode, please like us, please do share us. And we will be back next week, hopefully talking about two wins in the Papa John's Trophy and also the league against Port Vale. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.